G'day, it's Easter Sunday and we're in the Gospel of Luke. So we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 23 verse 54 through to chapter 24 verse 47. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marvelling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, What is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, Some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were there with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things 
and enter into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us. It's toward evening and, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy, they were marvelling. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus has risen. You know, the normal response to that is, he's risen indeed. Like, let's try that again. Jesus has risen. You all sound very excited by that. Let's try again. Jesus has risen. risen Yeah, we could probably even have a woohoo in there somewhere. Now, as we read the Gospels, uh, to be quite frank, uh, the disciples, at times they come across as being a bit daft. They they just don't seem to get it a lot of the time. It's sort of a bit like watching a Superman movie and you're going, how can they tell that Clark Kent isn't Superman? Like they, They just can't put it together. And with the disciples, they come across as being daft. That, um, so even in today's reading, Jesus says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. But it appears to me that there's two reasons why everyone, including Jesus' disciples, misunderstood what Jesus was about. The 
first reason is because it is natural to always look ahead to the grand finale. And all of the hopes and all of the dreams and all of the expectations were for the grand finale to happen when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. Uh, he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And we talked about that on Palm Sunday. And the second reason they didn't get it is a spiritual reason. It's because for God's purposes to be fulfilled, he hid it from their eyes. There was a supernatural blinkering going on. They just couldn't see it. They just couldn't get it. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, he had to undo all this. And he had to get his disciples to understand what had happened in all of this. I mean, if the disciples didn't understand what the crucifixion was about, and if the disciples didn't understand what the resurrection was about, what hope would we ever have of the gospel being proclaimed to the nations? And so he turned his disciples' thoughts back to the Old Testament scriptures and prophecies. He opened their eyes to what the book of the law said about him. He opened their eyes to what the Psalms said about him. And he opened their eyes to what the prophets had said about him. And he explained it all. And so when he came up beside those disciples who were walking on their way to Emmaus, he said to them, Ah, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Who would have liked to have been there for that Bible lesson? I would have. Wow. And then to the disciples back in Jerusalem, when Jesus appeared to them, the first thing he had to do was prove to them that he truly was alive and that his body had indeed risen. And his resurrection body, they soon discovered it, it was similar but different. He had substance to him, right? He wasn't merely an apparition. He wasn't an image or a ghost or a phantom that sort of just wafted in and out of sight or whatever. He had substance to him. He, he still had the wounds of the crucifixion, but he wasn't dead. And he could even eat food. He said, you got anything to eat? Oh, well, here's some broiled fish. And he ate it, and it didn't just drop straight through him onto the ground, right? He, his body had substance to it. But it wasn't a normal physical body either. He could appear and disappear. He just turned up on the road with those blokes on the way to Emmaus and sidled up beside them and then went and had a feed. And then after he'd finished eating with them, he broke the bread. And as soon as they realised who he was, he just disappeared. And he could, could pass through locked doors. His resurrection body had substance. It was real, but it was different. But the main thing was he was truly alive. And he is truly alive. And then after he'd proven to them that he had truly risen, he then said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds 
to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Jesus had to suffer all of these things for his glory to come. It was prophesied. It was clearly prophesied. It just needed opening up for them. So let me give you an example. Isaiah chapter 53. Um, Didn't the prophet Isaiah talk about a suffering servant who is cut off from the land of the living? Oh, who could that be? Jesus. Didn't Isaiah also talk about how the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all? Some of you probably know that verse. Colin made it famous. You know, ba-ba, do-ba-ba. Who could he be talking about there? That the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus. And in that same chapter, didn't Isaiah then go on to speak of the resurrection when he said that the suffering servant, even though he's already died, he will go on to see the, the work of, of all of that his death has achieved. Now, dead people don't see stuff. He's talking about somebody who's alive even though he's died. Right? Now, this is, this is just from one chapter of one prophet. And Jesus took him through the whole scriptures and showed him everywhere where Jesus was being spoken about and his death and resurrection. In a men's Bible study, we've been working our way through various Old Testament books. Uh, We've actually gone back to Genesis at the moment. And it's amazing how even back in Genesis, over and over and over, we're saying, hey, this is actually referring to Jesus. It's referring to even the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, even way back here. And so Jesus opened their minds to understand the scripture. It had been there the whole time. But they'd been spiritually blinkered. They could not see it until Jesus opened their eyes to it, until he opened their minds. He had to suffer and on the third day rise again. But why? It's because this would be the path to salvation. On the cross, Jesus, the sinless one, became the suffering servant who took our sin upon himself. He took our iniquity upon himself. That is why he had to suffer and die. But why did he need to rise again? Well, to fulfil his mission, of course. The whole point was for Jesus to be saviour. The whole point was for him to reconcile filthy sinners, people like you and people like me. I hope you don't mind me calling you a filthy sinner. But until we realise that, that we're filthy sinners in need of a saviour, then we're not ready for salvation. And he came to reconcile people like us to himself, to a holy God. Now, how can that happen? How can a filthy sinner like me be reconciled to a holy God and be in his presence? Well, God has to make me holy. How does he make me holy? He takes the sins from me and puts them upon his son at the cross. But we are to be reconciled not 
to a dead God, but to the almighty God who lives. And we are reconciled to the almighty God who reigns. Through the cross and through faith in the one who is crucified, our sins are put to death and we are set free from sin. And through the resurrection, we have eternal life. Jesus was the first to be raised to eternal life. And those who repent and believe in his name will follow. This is the gospel we proclaim. But for many, even though we proclaim this gospel and it's been getting proclaimed in the world and in our own towns forever, they still cannot see it because for many it remains hidden. Just like before Jesus was raised, even the disciples were spiritually blinkered, many today are blinkered in the same way. And in the case of the disciples, it was God who took the initiative and opened their eyes so that they could see it. And so it seems to me there's two barriers to faith at play here. The first barrier is to not have heard, to not be told, to not have someone proclaim that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and die on the third day to rise. And to not have somebody proclaim to us the need for repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. So that's the first barrier, to not hear the good news. The second barrier is to be spiritually blinkered so that no matter how much one does hear the good news and no matter how many times and, and how succinctly it is explained to them, some folk just can't see it. It'll get explained to them over and over and over again and it's, they just don't get it. And so for those to whom we witness, we pray, Lord, open their eyes. Take away the spiritual blinkers that's stopping them from seeing you as their saviour. Help them to see. And if those two barriers are removed, so that the person does hear the gospel and that it's not hidden from them. And so they do hear and they do understand if those two barriers to faith are removed, the only thing then that is left that causes a person to reject Jesus as their saviour is hardness of heart. And that's on them. If we are the heart of heart, that's on us. And so as disciples of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand we don't save anyone. You know this, don't you? And if you've been feeling that it's your job to save a particular person, I want to take that burden off of your shoulders. It is not your job to save anyone. God does the saving. What we do is we proclaim the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. What we do is we proclaim the repentance for the forgiveness of sins in his name. 
And what we do is we pray that the Lord would open people's spiritual eyes so that they would see and know and understand the gospel that they're hearing. We can also pray, Lord, soften the heart of stone that is continuing to reject you, that they would repent and believe in the name of Jesus and follow him. And what about you? Have you heard it? Have you heard that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and die? Have you heard that it was necessary for Christ to be raised back to life again? And have your spiritual eyes been opened so that you actually know and you understand the necessity of the death and the resurrection of Jesus? Have you repented for the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus? If you have not, you are the person I most desire to speak with after we finish our service today. You are here for a reason. And I urge you, do not leave this place until the resurrection of Jesus is what defines your life. You know, sometimes we, we hear the gospel over and over and over again. And we know it's true. We may have never actually taken the step saying, well, Jesus, I know you're Lord. Today I want to make you my Lord. The resurrection of Jesus is going to be what defines my life from now on. Happy Easter, everyone. And may the life of the risen, crucified one be in us as we proclaim him to the nations. Amen.